0: Michael's Patrick Bateman. Now I have a question for you. I'm nervous. Now what? You, you emceed an event this past weekend. I did. For the first time in a long time. Yes, I did. Maybe all a full two years. Ah, or did our former co-worker do There's been a couple, couple of things okay, yeah, yeah.
1: in there in between. Very small events, but this was kind of a bit more of the yeah. usual kind of get up on stage and say, what the fuck is up, people? You
0: emceed the Bose Super Bowl thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think you watched the Super Bowl, right? (laughs) Watch and listen and drink too. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think there was a little bit of drinking going on.
0: Did it feel good? Were you nervous? Yeah.
1: Honestly, like when you don't do something for so long. Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, So, and I am the type, like I really got to work even just doing this. I got to like kind of work everything through the gears before it comes out. Otherwise, I'm in trouble. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I sit there for a lot of the, I don't even get really watch the game. What's next? What do I got to say? What's Who am I going to plug? What am I going to, especially after not doing it for two years. Right. And I'm happy to say I don't think I fucked anything up too royally.
0: Now, as, well, I didn't hear anything like that, okay, so, um, as someone who knows very little about football, uh, <laughs> were people disappointed about the result? Do you want to know how little I know about football? And what? I don't, like, casual, very
1: casual, but um producer Ryan can attest to this uh, as well, because he was there. So there's, it's the end of the first quarter, and I've really, I've, like I say, I've watched football a touch, but yeah. I've never really fully understood how the two-minute warning works in a football, the last two minutes, the way they operate the clock is different
0: yeah I right? never understood so timing. we had our
1: first big contest that was ready to go to get up on stage that we we're going to do between the first and the second quarter yeah there's 28 seconds left in the first quarter and the commercials come on I'm like okay commercials 28 seconds left in the quarter and then we'll go up and these commercials are taking forever yeah, yeah. well they run the clock I didn't like
0: during the <laughs> commercials
1: I must have because they came back from commercials and it was the second quarter
0: what a <laughs> Sorry, weird game man it's, it's I don't so... I don't I don't understand it at all Every there, time I try to watch There's I'm a
1: like, lot Like I, I get it there's, I can follow along But the one thing yeah. And people have Even I, I had a couple of people Explain it to me last night I'm like okay Well we're gonna go At the end of the second quarter Like well, how do I not Mess this up,
0: yeah. Well, if the play
1: goes out of bounds, and if that's this, and if the, sk- the shot clock goes down, it, like,
0: yeah. And then one of the refs throws a scarf onto the field, and some that's supposed to mean said, something. There's
1: 28 seconds left. Just play the 28 seconds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's Anyways. a it's a interesting game. So you know, I
1: don't know football that well either.
0: Uh, what did you think of the of the halftime show? Well, I, the halftime show is pretty impressive. So, uh, I don't know all those songs. Really? Yeah.
1: But that isn't that. Didn't you grow up through most of?
0: Eminem, sure. Snoop Dogg, a little bit. Dr. Dre, kind of. I was familiar with the songs that they played. Fifty Cent, sure, whatever. I never paid attention to them. Yeah. Mary J. Blige, I, I didn't know those songs. Don't know if I've really? ever heard them. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, Kendrick definitely knew that. It's
1: just so weird because that's definitely not my typical style of music. But yeah, uh, yeah, that was I was. Those I was songs were inescapable.
0: Nostalgic. Oh, very true. Then though, yeah. right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it, it was I very from, cool. Like,
1: yeah. Pr- I mean, production was great. Like the set design wasn't the most I blowing, whatever it was, yeah, yeah. whatever it was, it was kind of neat, but mm-hmm. just say it was the nostalgia, 100%. The yeah,
0: nostalgia. no, it's, uh, it was a good time. Uh, lots of interesting stories to tell from there.
1: You know, it's funny. And I said to Ryan last night too, that in my lifetime, things I thought I'd never see is I grew up with Metallica mm-hmm. and Metallica in the eighties was that bad band that only the kids on the wrong side of the yeah, tracks yeah. listen yeah, yeah. to. Right. And watch them become completely mainstream and have their music played at hockey arenas and, and football stadiums across the, whatever. Yeah. And then same thing, you're seeing Dre. Yeah, and Snoop like Dogg, N.W.A. Yeah, like big time mainstream. In yeah, front of, yeah, like it's
0: cool to see how, how that's changed totally. And it was in California, right? Yes. Okay, that that, that adds up. Then <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, this is very L.A. themed. Uh, and you know
1: what? Like the biggest pop out of all the the acts that played at Bose, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say Eminem probably got the loudest pop. Uh, okay. Probably, but I think at the stadium, it would have been it would have been
0: dre yeah at yeah and probably yeah oh yeah no it was pretty cool um uh excellent production i suppose i'm curious to like we were watching it. We we're like is, that, is there some lip-syncing going on here oh, specifically was, with think, 50 cent i think there was definitely some which is funny because you when you have a, a, a band yeah you know a mu- music playing band i don't think you can really lip-sync your way through that right it's tough unless you're a maroon five anyways uh what's that <laughs> what were you gonna say uh do you have any super bowl halftime
1: performances that you yeah remember? prince like prince okay good
0: just hands hands good. Down i was thinking prince.
1: all last night like this is good like it was damn good mm-hmm. but it's not prince
0: yeah uh i'm sure that there's a strong argument why last night deserves to be on a very high on the list but yeah just the, the, the whole story behind the prince thing where they're like hey it's gonna be dangerous what you want to do yeah. and he was like it better rain harder or whatever he said. That's they said it's going to rain. He said can you make it rain more? Yes. And they're like that's not how it works. <laughs> Prince you've been out, you've been out of the normal the public
1: for too long. Uh yeah, no, for sure. Prince. I did go I went back and watched Prince's performance mm-hmm. last night too and it oh, yeah. You get One, chills. 100%. Yeah. It's so
0: good. McCartney too was great. McCartney
1: was great like and I, 10 years I like ago?
0: Petty was I remember Petty's being really good. Don't remember that, but I've definitely rewatched it. Yeah. yeah. Um okay, so We'll probably get into it in our interview coming up, but uh, full disclosure: this is, uh, you know, you were fanboying over Mark McAway with Moist. Um, uh, this is definitely similar situation for me, um, and I'm sure we'll get into it. But yeah, long, long history with this guy's music, which uh, there's there's a lot of it.
1: There is a lot. He has got so many. Pro- All very different. Th- one too. of the things that I'm very excited about with this episode is if people aren't familiar with this gentleman, mm-hmm. there's
0: so much to go through. Uh, and it's all good. And it's all good. Yeah, it's very all good. good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Pete Van Helvoort is coming up. But first, who do we have here with us A today? Big thanks to Ghost Services Inc. Yes. Bose Barn Stage. Yes. And uh, our lovely, amazing, talented producers, Ryan and Riley, here at Communal Creative Studios. Uh, he- hello. Uh, he just dabbed. Oh, I think that was nice. my kind of dab. <laughs> dab. All right. Uh, wh- what do we got? Episode 45. The, the sweater you're wearing is fucking beautiful, man. What is it?
2: This is uh, Kyle from um, from the Nil, his girlfriend, Kaylee, who did all the flower arrangements for like, yeah. the artwork. Uh, it's like her company.
0: Oh, very cool. So it's like she runs a, a, a florist design. She's a big Gila Fleur fan. Gila exactly. Fleur. Okay, Gila there Fleur. we go. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so what's going on, man? It's really, really good to see you. Good to
2: see you. Yeah. Nothing much. Just, um,
0: nothing much busy as hell. <laughs> well,
2: yeah, actually it is busy. Yeah. Cause we basically had everything postponed for the sons and then, um, now we, everything is like coming up really fast. So going to Kingston to to do some rehearsals and stuff like that on Thursday. Are there more American dates
1: coming or is all the American stuff finished?
2: Just two. Okay. They're, they're both reschedules. Yeah. Um, uh, Cleveland and Grand Rapids that got canceled in December.
0: Um, So I think I was thinking about it earlier, but it is kind of interesting that the last, the pre la, final pre-pan concert that I saw, I think for you too, right? Was, was the Gloria Suns? Yes. Yep. Um, mere days before you guys ended up getting booted off tour. It was also a weird thing because we had been in touch about maybe meeting up that day. You were in Red Deer. Um, yeah at which point your role changed drastically, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, I went from guitar tech to uh to bass player. Yep. Uh, like basically it was like we we they did a show in Royal Oak, Michigan and by the time I was like home after that day, we had like 4 days before we went to Vancouver and I had to learn like 27 songs or something like that.
0: And you you did it.
2: We did. It. Yeah, the first show I did with them was in Vancouver. And we had a about a twenty minute sound check, and it was a two hour show, which was like, <laughs> which was probably an hour longer than the longest teenage kick show.
0: Yeah, yeah, so absolutely.
2: Like, yeah, I'd never been on stage that long.
0: Um, but you did. You like you were cool with it. It felt good. Were you exhausted?
1: No, not
2: exhausted. I mean, I don't like making mistakes, so I would like beat myself up a lot. I did a lot of rehearsing, um, and even like you know, even up to this point. Like we've never been able to do more than a stretch of a few shows without, like, COVID getting you know getting in the way and kind of having to postpone stuff. So it's it'll be nice to actually like play thirty shows with them in a row or something like that and actually feel like you know muscle memory and stuff like that. But it's a, it's a lot of songs to learn, um, especially the bass. I find if it was a guitar, I might. Be like less absent-minded sometimes, but yeah, yeah. overall, overall, it's been it's been good. I like Brett's songs a lot, so that's been like you know kind of the best part of it. Um,
0: are you plan? Are you gonna send us your end, Pete, or or are we just?
2: I think you guys are just getting it. Yeah, I, I tried, and my options were not better than what uh, it sounded like just through the computer.
0: Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, there's just, there's a little static there. It's all good. It's yeah. all good. I just wanted <laughs> to make sure we knew where it was coming from. Um, yeah, so that was uh, two years ago, just almost exactly two years ago.
1: So I'm cu- yeah. I'm curious the uh, the jump from going from guitar tech because you guitar teched with them uh, to mm-hmm. being on stage. Differences in getting ready for a show like that. Um, how do you feel jumping from one position? into the next
2: yeah I mean like I'm I my day is shorter in a in a way because like guitar teching and and generally working for a band you're kind of like you work from morning until night so I still help out like so now Jesse's back that's who I had replaced Jesse was away because he was sick Um, so I still help Jesse as it stands. It kind of felt weird to go from like being part of the crew to being in the band and then being like, yeah, sorry guys, you're on your own. (laughs) So just like out of my own, like, um, personal feelings towards the relationships that i built with those people. So my day is like, is weird because I, I like to run through a good portion of the set, um, like before we play the show. So that takes a bit of time. And that was kind of like probably around the same time as when I was getting all the guitars set up and stuff like that um yeah and brett doesn't give us a set list until like 20 minutes to 30 minutes before the show so you know there's a pretty good group of songs to choose from and then if i'm worried about anything i'll kind of like go over it but uh yeah it's it's interesting it hasn't changed too much just because i'm still i also like after every show the next day i like mix a song from the show before uh and it goes on the band's like fan app mm-hmm. and I'm still doing that as well. So they're like a pretty busy day in general.
0: Um, but so what is your status in the band now?
2: Uh, well, I don't know, but I think I'm like a member in the sense that I play with them. Like I'm, I'm in the band, but not, I don't know. we never really talked about it. Like I'm going <laughs> to go make like, it's like, it is what it is. I spend so much time with Brett as it is that we just don't really talk about it, but I'm going and making a record with them. So like that obviously is a, is more than I think either of us expected at the beginning. Yeah. Um My loyalty first and foremost is to them, like even with darling Congress, like I, like I would be doing glorious sun stuff before I would do darling Congress stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of just unsaid, like the Chris was in the band for so long that, you know, I know that there was a lot of people that were, like, angry about how that all played out. But the problem is, is that no one ever really knows, like, the inner workings of, of any situation. And I think Brett is from the school of thought that, like, he likes a bit of privacy, you know. And I he, like, no one loves his fans more than Brett does. He truly is appreciative of all those people. But I think for him it was a personal matter. And that's why we haven't really, you know, talked about it that much as to like, what does it mean that I'm in the band? Like I was, I was asking Brett to play bass in the band. Like once I had known what had happened with Chris, I was asking him for, you know, like a few months or something like that. And even that like him and I being as good friends as we are, it was like, he just didn't want to talk about it. Like it was, you know, so I I just keep playing, I show up. I don't think I'm going to get fired as long as I keep practicing, (laughs) but. Yeah, it is what it is. I'm like I'm I'm almost 37, so like the fact that I'm playing in a band like theirs that like I like so many of their songs and they get to do all of this cool stuff that I've like I never got to do in Teenage Kicks, you know, like playing Massey Hall, like that's that's insane. I, I, even in in the best of times in Kicks, I would not have yeah. dreamed of that as a possibility. So you know, I'm just kind of happy to be there.
0: Um, yeah, it's uh, there. I will like. I don't think we've talked about it before but there was there was uh you know a few years where i just i thought i thought you were done with music
2: yeah and i was i had a, i worked at shopify and i didn't i had written a bunch of songs after teenage kicks broke up um and i kind of tried to do like a solo project and i just like i just couldn't i made the record but i i just couldn't really put a band together or get it off the ground and i was pretty much resigned to be to be done with it and then um the, the way in which I started working for the sons is like very strange. I've known them forever. Mm. I, it, we, the first teenage kicks West coast tour was with them. Um, so that was like 2013, 14,
0: I think 14, I yeah, think. Oh,
2: 14, right, right. Yeah. Like January, uh, into March 14, you're right. Um, and so I become friends with them, but I kept in touch to some extent over the years, but not, not a huge amount. We would see each other at, at shows and we were always friends. But Brett was basically moving in with the guys from the Dirty Nil in Hamilton. and So he texted me to tell me that he was doing that. We talked for a little bit. And then three weeks later, Jesse found out he was sick. And Brett and Jay asked me if I wanted to go on the road uh, with them as their guitar tech. And I literally had no plans of going on tour. I never really liked being a sound guy because I did that for a while. I I tour managed and did uh, sound for the Flatliners for a while. And even though they're like you know some of my best friends, I just didn't really like working for a band. And Marta, my who is my wife, we talked about like how I was kind of in this rut working at Shopify and missed you know being around music. And the first gig that I did with them was uh, like Ottawa Blues Fest. They were headlining one of the nights, and I remember walking out onto the stage, and it was like twenty thousand people or something like that, and you know there to see them. And I think they were playing. Um, Hide My Love. And I was just like, it was like, all right, this is bigger than me. So like, it just felt like it was easy to buy in, you know, like the the skill at which those songs live. Um, they're just like, like, Hide My Love could be a Beatles song. Like it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful song. And to watch that many people be moved by it, uh, it was like, all right, yeah, this is what I'm gonna do. So I toured with them that whole summer of 2019 And then I went back to work in the fall and I was like, I can't do this. And I quit and went to Europe with the sons and that was basically it.
0: And that was, that was the fall before the pandemic. Like it was that short, oh my God, holy shit. Yeah. Cause I I didn't know how long you had been working with them for. Not
2: not long. It's everyone thinks it's been like multiple years, even when like I talk with Brett about it, he'll like talk of the timeline, like it's been a while, but it, it really hasn't. I was only working with them for maybe eight months before COVID happened. So not, not long at all.
1: Yeah, because I think you and I would have met at that Edmonton Festival, uh, which yeah, would have September. then been summer... There, September, right? Sub- September of... So that would have been September 2019. Yeah. And then yeah. into the band and playing here right. in March of 2020. Yeah, wow. Yeah. It's yeah. like,
0: I can understand why he might feel like it's been longer, though, just being yeah. around <laughs> you for so long, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think so. It, it is, it's just like when you're on the road it's weird like that too right like where i think time moves both both fast and slow you know yeah it's like it seems like a lot more time has gone by because you make all of these these individual memories and the different places that you go but it's happening in such a condensed period of time you know
0: um so you know a little context from me personally is that uh you know i've been kind of listening to you for almost 15 years um which there's a uh, many different projects across that uh, decade and a half you know what i mean um mm-hmm. but you're also uh my first radio interview you guys in in 2014 when you were in calgary really? opening for the suns you and jeff yeah, came by Sate the radio school in in calgary it was a super haggard like you know amateur fucking hour that we talked for um and it was a crazy talk too do you remember that that interview at all
2: I remember meeting you because I'll, I'll always remember meeting you because of your name. Because Jeff and I probably made like fifteen, <laughs> 15 American psycho jokes. But <laughs> uh, I don't I don't necessarily remember what the content of the conversation.
0: Well, was. a good chunk of the interview was you telling me about California.
2: Uh, okay, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs>
0: and I remember finishing that interview and being like, "Holy fuck!" Like. That was, you know, that's a crazy story. And, you know, the, the, a story that encapsulates, and I don't know how much you want to get into it, but a story that encapsulates the highest highs you can get at, at, at mm-hmm. that point in your career and the fucking lowest lows. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a, a pure disappointment. And yeah. uh, it was uh, a big eye-opener for me, but also, and this is like a really selfish thing, but I remember seeing you guys had to leave State because you had an interview at a radio station. Mm-hmm. he had to go to and i remember talking to i don't remember if it was you or your brother at the show that night i was like oh yeah how was how was your second interview and you're like yeah it was a five minute radio interview <laughs> yeah and i was like yeah. okay so, so hour how- and a half interviews oh, are what i need to go for
2: so is that how long you guys talked for at was oh, it sate oh
0: yeah i think it was, was good- oh, it yeah. was quite a long time yeah
2: well i'll, I'll always talk <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that 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 woke up it woke us up to a lot of stuff too because we had like we were on universal but we had been signed to EMI and EMI had gone under or been bought out or whatever. So not like really no one was left at universal from EMI that really was that interested in, in our band. Like not to say people weren't helpful, they were, uh, but I also probably didn't help it because I didn't really like listening to anyone's advice about anything. I was just like, (laughs) like, I'm right. So I just like, I remember being on that tour and they were trying to get radio people to like give us interviews and no one would have us. They was like, they were talking about having to like bring in pizza. Like we were, they were talking about having us, this is in March at West and they wanted us to drive. I think it was, it was either Kelowna or Kamloops, but it was one of the two and it was overnight to get to Edmonton for 8 AM. And it was like something like an eight hour drive in the middle of the night in the winter. And I just, I remember asking, it was actually Shazad Jawani from Greys and he was like, it's not worth it. He's like, anything that that person says to you is not gonna change your life. And so we ended up, and I don't remember what his name was, but we ended up getting the label to like change the date of it or the time of it or whatever. We ended up being able to go later in the afternoon. So we woke up first thing in the morning and we go there and he saw us for five minutes and he was like he's like yeah he's like you guys sound like monster truck meets the trues not interested and i was like oh. okay like, oh like I'm so God. i'm so glad that i didn't like you know almost lose my life driving through like a national park at you know 3 a.m <laughs> but that's the way it was jay, jay from the sun was really good to us on that tour because everyone wanted to talk to them right yeah. at that time they had like Multiple singles on the radio and he would convince people to like let us come in and say hello and stuff like that So that was was quite nice
0: Yeah, crazy crazy times man like and and to think that you're you're that it's evolved into your stint with the sons now and Um getting back to your own music is uh, well, i'm very grateful I truly am So we will talk about (laughs) darling congress um oh, I do
1: know. You, now I, I may as well I, i'm ready to jump in. so
0: like like i said almost 15 years of listening to your music over the years that's across uh many many projects which i think uh, may have introduced a few to pete over the last uh week or so i did find footage of Code. i'm just gonna say did you yeah do you know oh, that yeah. did you know that's still out
2: there oh yeah there's like there's a gif somewhere on the <laughs> internet of me it was my first date with my like first like long-term girlfriend she came to our show, an M. code show, and the bass player uh, Jordan Kibwoliter hit me in the head with his bass, like like the headstock of his bass, yeah. and got me like right. I still have the, I still have the um, scar. Got me right above the eye and knocked me basically unconscious onto the ground. And I woke up and I was just gushing blood. And there's a GIF somewhere on the internet of me getting hit. And like snapping back and falling to the ground. <laughs> okay, you know? I'll have to do a little
0: more digging for that. But I was like, I was trying to find it the other day, and I found this weird playlist from a link on MySpace. Yeah. That linked to a bunch of videos of you guys playing. I don't know where, where the club was. It was um,
2: probably Burlington. It was fr- like everywhere in Burlington you played was like a pool hall.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was probably something like that. And and I mean the quality is like you can barely tell who's on stage but uh yeah I, it was funny because i text a, a mutual friend of ours kind of desi um i'm sure you remember desi but i was like dude yeah. here here's this and he was like holy fuck i can't believe i'm listening to these songs again like <laughs> and what era lost. what
2: year is this <sighs> so it'd be like 2005 2006 so my we had two bands that had basically the exact same lineup one was my brothers and one was mine mine was kane and abel which was like kind of like pop punk um, and, like, I guess emo, that kind of stuff. And M Code was my brother's, which was like metalcore influenced by like Curl Up and Die and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. And, Too- like I
2: said, same same band for both.
0: Very distinctive sounds. And uh, another thing, as I, you know, delve into my appreciation for Pete's music, is that Kane and Abel was at uh, one point, 11 years ago, kind of my soundtrack to Movie to the West. Um, specifically, keep on keeping on, which I would recommend that as a soundtrack when you're driving through the mountains any day. It's working. I still it. like
2: that. That's that. That was a good one. That's with uh, Paul, who's now in Silverstein. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was Paul played bass on that and does all like the backup vocals.
0: Very cool. That uh, yeah. Anyway, so it's been a, it's been kind of a trip for me over the last couple of days going through some music that uh, I've spent a lot of time with. And uh, <laughs> new to the playlist is Darling Congress. So. You're working with the Glorious Sons. Um, how how does this happen?
2: Yeah, so when we were on the road in the summer of 2019, um, I would wake up early uh, and I would basically, Brett had his guitar on the bus, and I would just kind of like strum around in the mornings. And I started, I wrote a bunch of songs on that tour, like maybe seven or eight songs. But then I also started working on, I have so many old songs, like even after the darling Congress stuff that, um, that's never seen the light of day. And so I started showing them to Brett. And, you know, we just kind of talked about it casually. And when we got uh, back home, like to Hamilton, he came over and I actually thought we were going to work on, on his songs. And he was like, no, he's like, I don't need you to help me on my songs. He's like, let's work on your songs. <laughs> and, and not in like a cocky way, but he just wanted me to like kind of get over this like invisible a roadblock that I was not able to to get around I, I just couldn't finish a song unless it was a Christmas song like that's the only thing yeah. that I've been able to put out in like five years and so yeah he, we just started working on them and we basically spent I don't know maybe like three four days a week for a couple of weeks in October of 2019 working on them and then we went to Europe uh, in November of that year. And we worked on them a little bit more there. And then the idea was that we were going to do them in April of 2020. So as soon as we got home from that Canadian tour Um, and then obviously COVID happened. And in that interim, I spent four or five hours a day, like just finger picking. Like I, I pretty much rewrote all the songs. They were all like finger picking and Brett moved from Hamilton to where he lives now, North of Kingston. And yeah, basically that was when Keegan came in and we kind of, we knew it was going to happen at some point in time, but we just kind of kept pushing it back and pushing it back. I think Brett kind of wanted to take some space for music in general, because like both of you guys are familiar with their touring schedule over the last few years, like that band pretty much worked. Yeah. Like they pretty much worked straight through for five years. So I think they just needed a break from, from music. And we all got together in Uh, the summer of 2020 and started working stuff out and that was when we kind of brought the band in and everything with the band was all done like live off the floor um no rehearsals we kind of spent about an hour and a half on each song wow Uh, and, and that was where we laid the bets and then everything else got finished up at brett's house it was just me and keegan our engineer matt and brett
0: so uh and i do want to ask about keegan lately but can you like who's this matt fella Cause he seems to have some pretty insane accolades already.
2: Yeah. So Matt, I met years ago, he was like the, the main engineer at, as, as a very young guy, cause I think he's four or five years younger than me, but as a very young guy, he was the main engineer at phase one, which was a really nice studio in Scarborough, had a beautiful Neve board, a lot of really great gear, really great live room. Uh, and he did the engineering for beyond my side, the teenage kicks EP. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so from then we just like became friends, and I I had him engineer the Flatliners record that I produced, and I had him come in on the Darling Congress stuff. I'm probably forgetting something, but now he works with Keegan, and he uh, he is like an assistant to Cause, who's like a super big producer who actually used to be in. Do you guys remember Boy? They were a band from out west, oh, like yeah, 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 like a rock band yeah. from like basically
1: like early 2000s they definitely had there was at least one radio single i think they had that did fairly well for sure i can't remember the name yeah. of it
2: uh, i can't either there's like they had like every page you turn or something like that like that, yeah. was, I, do I, that playing, like...
1: Yeah, I do remember playing yeah i do remember playing on the radio yeah
2: but they're a great band actually if you find that record on uh on spotify or whatever it's awesome but he works with cause and cause does like he's done stuff with dua lipa and he's done stuff with um like Dermot kennedy and Haley steinfeld and so Matt's been doing a lot of that stuff lately, in addition to kind of like still working with independent bands. I think he's kind of like one of the best kept secrets in our industry because his personality—he's so like quiet and soft-spoken that I—I I don't think that his like reputation like precedes him, but his quality of work is is very high.
0: Yeah, I mean, after a Grammy, I'd, I'd suspect as much. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he's a, <laughs> he's a good guy.
0: Um, and then, so it's you, Matt, Brett, and Keegan, you said.
2: Yeah, and then my buddy Brent plays bass. Okay. Uh, Brent used to be in the, this is, I don't know if you know this one in the Peter Van Alvort discography, but do you know Ulysses and the Siren? Yeah, yeah. It was like a short, yeah, little short blip. So Brent played drums on the Ulysses stuff. Okay. And Brent and his brother played um, on the last Teenage Kicks tour that we, like, broke up on. <laughs> uh, and his his passport was the one that got stolen in Chicago, which was, like, the reason that we had to, like, oh, uh, fuck. like stop that tour. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then uh, Conrad played on a bunch of the songs, Conrad from Poor Young Things. And the rest of the songs were Max Treffler, who is was in the Moors, who are now called...
0: Jackie. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I really like Jackie, actually. That's... Uh, yeah. they got some Jack. good sounds going on. Yeah, they're great. And Max is like an
2: like unreal drummer.
1: So to back up to the songwriting process a little bit, yeah, is there... <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's or, all good. Uh
1: Is there an area of it that you struggle at the most that, you know, Brett kind of came in and like, like, is it choruses you have a hard time with or verses or what's the, the main component um that he'll come in and help with?
2: So he definitely... So it was actually his manager, Jason who I had brought the songs to Jason, just to get his thoughts. And there was this one, well, the first, or I guess the second single, Always On The Edge. Mm -hmm. And before that it was called, it was called At The End. And I brought it to him and I'd been listening to like a lot of Cat Stevens and like, and especially a lot of uh, Jillian Welch from like The Revelator. Like I was listening to that record a, a whole bunch. And I played it for Jason and he's like, oh, this doesn't have a chorus and i like you know teenage kicks every song had a chorus like that every song was like a big chorus so in my mind i was like eh, i think you're wrong you know like <laughs> i don't i don't think you know what you're talking about and then i like then i went home and i kind of like thought about it more and you know i was like trying not to be so precious and stuff like that and and i was like no like he's right it doesn't have a chorus it had it had a verse and a pre-chorus which is like the um the verse and pre-chorus that it has now and it never had the uh, why am I always on the edge part? Right. Right. The hook. Uh, so I went to Brett's and and he'd worked on that song with me already. And we had basically just kind of like fixed what was already there. And I told him what Jason had said. And he was like, oh, I don't agree with that either. And then once we like started messing with it, like I think he wrote that chorus if, if I'm if i remembering correctly. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Or he like, what we do a lot is like, we just sit there with guitars and then one of us will like almost like make a mistake or something like that. And it will like pop an idea into the other one's head. Like that's, that's the thing that happens the most. It's not like I wrote this for you, take it. It's like happy accidents. And like the whole recording process was really like that. A lot of the most interesting bass things on the record are things that Brent was doing to like warm up his fingers because he's a classical guitar player. And Brett would hear that and he'd be like, no, do that here. So the choruses was like, was helpful in a way because Brett, you know, writes really great choruses, but it was actually phrasing was a really big thing. He made things feel like they were moving forward more. And even now, like when I write stuff, since having done that with Brett, I feel like my songs are like already moving forward more than they would have before we did that. And then the other thing was, um, uh, why can't I not think of the word? um the ability to understand what I'm saying like he made my um pronunciation and enunciation like much much better
0: oh interesting
2: he he kicked my ass like he was not not easy on me at all when we did vocals like not necessarily in a mean way but you know he was like no sing it again sing it again and no one's really done that with me I've been recording myself for basically 15 years yeah
0: um, I remember when we had talked and you'd sent me a bunch of these, these songs, I think it was last summer, or late spring last year. Um, and you had kind of explained how this process was different than the past because there was so much collaboration and, For sure. and yeah. you seemed very happy about that.
2: Yeah. I mean, and also like, I don't think I was like a, a mean person or like not, um, open necessarily in teenage kicks, but I was not, I would definitely had a tendency of being like offended if someone didn't like something or whatever. And it, in this, this group, it's been like, I'm a member of the group. And even though they're my songs, if someone suggests something, we try it no matter what, Yeah. but we kind of, it's like, what is, what does the song need? Like there's no serving of individual egos. So it's, it's cool because if you think of it, like myself, Keegan, Brett, um, you know, Conrad is a, is a quite a, a musical drummer. Like he reminds me kind of like a, of a leave helm. Mm. And then even Snell, who, you know, has been kind of in charge of everything that, that he's done. You have a lot of like alpha, like alpha male sounds bad. Cause none of us are like aggro, yeah. but in terms of like the role that we would take in each of our individual projects, we're all the leader right. and when we're together, there's like, there's literally, there's not, I'm not even just saying this, there is no head butting at all. It's just like, everyone is like, just like happy to serve the song and happy to be around each other. It's, it's unlike anything I've ever experienced. And I think the last, um, the last version of Teenage Kicks was a really good band, but it was still, it was still my band, you yeah. know? And I was still telling people what to do and that's not what's happening in this at all.
0: Well, you, to be fair, you were, from what I remember, like, the only constant in Teenage Kicks, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. even if someone came back. Yeah, after like some... my brother. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jen. Sorry, Jen. <laughs> yeah. um, so, I'm actually, I'm curious, because um, in 2015, May 23rd, to be exact, Yes. at the Horseshoe Tavern was the final Teenage Kicks show, and- uh,
2: I, don't... I want to see something funny. Hold on.
0: Let's see. Is it the poster? The poster. Oh, such a good poster. I know uh uh Steve Steve Surgenies, who I was at that concert with, has that framed in in his place as well. Okay. Um I like that poster. But uh my girlfriend and I we flew out for that concert. I asked for the weekend off, right. I believe. Yep. Um and uh, so is is the entirety like is the Darling Congress roster, were they all in attendance that night?
2: Brett definitely wasn't. Um was
0: Keegan there? Cause he's Keegan been
2: played. Was he on Keegan, stage that night? He, Keegan came on stage and played "Out uh, Skelter" with us. Oh shit!
0: Okay, interesting.
2: Interesting. Yeah, Brent I don't think was there, but Brent played the other last show we did, which was the Pinkerton one. Right. Okay. He played, he played drums for that, uh, and then Conrad would have been there. Yeah.
0: It's, it, there was a very there was a fleeting moment that night where I thought I saw an old high school classmate of mine and uh, years later i did find out that it was indeed jordan mcdonald oh no way yes yeah 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 and i remember being like i'm pretty sure that's jordan mcdonald because you don't really forget jordan mcdonald at any stage in his life i don't think and then a couple years uh, a few years ago his band texas king was opening up for big wreck and i was like man were you at that final tk show because i swear to god i saw you there
2: yeah he was just at our house actually he like he was at our house twice in the last month he stays here when he is uh, flying into Hamilton,
0: right, 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 from BC or From BC, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you, do you produced a couple Texas King songs recently, or I did that EP, um, right, okay,
2: at, yeah, like Matt and I did that together. Uh, yeah, and that was a lot of fun. I love Jordan. I think he's infinitely talented.
0: Yeah, he's yeah yeah, yeah. he's pretty, pretty spectacular. Yeah,
2: <laughs> he's quite a presence.
1: And are you you're working on uh, Casador now?
2: No, so uh, that Brett is working on Castor. Okay. i, I just, that. yeah, uh, that's a, a new development. He'd been working on, I think, writing songs with them since just the beginning of January. I just went to do some guitar tech stuff and to, and to hang out for a few days, but I had never stayed at that house before, and that was awesome.
1: I was, dude, that, uh, yeah, not to- Is that the nerd, bathhouse? Yeah, not to nerd out too much over that, but I think uh, that's where we initiated some conversation a couple of weeks ago was the yes. was the phantom power. And I was, uh, yeah, very jealous that you were there. So, what, what? Yeah. As a big hip fan, what's it like working in uh, in that studio?
2: Yeah, I mean, it gave me like it gave me shivers. Like, I I know that's the quintessential Canadian thing to say, but it's like, I don't know. They were such an important band to me growing up. Like, they were the one band, maybe Blue Rodeo as well, but like those two bands were like the ones that I bonded o- with my dad over, you know. And so, just like being there in the presence of like you know, that Phantom Power thing. And there's like the, the Juno, like the award-winning um, envelope for Trouble at the Hen House for like Best Rock Album. There's like the actual artwork from Fully Completely. Like, yeah, it's it's incredible. There's an upstairs room that's like a pool table and it's this big red room and it's just got like records and VHSs everywhere. And I just like, I don't know. I, there's just like something special about about that place.
1: There was, yeah. a, there was a, uh, a one night only in theaters when they released the We Are the Same album. They did a mm-hmm. one night only in theaters where Strombopolis went in and interviewed them and they toured all through the house. And there's actually, there was, I just, it was only one, I saw it the one time. I've never been able to see it or find yeah, it anywhere else. have been begging else. for that. I've been begging for yeah. it to somehow come out. But there was a scene where Strombo and, and Gord are just shooting pool upstairs and yeah, just yeah. talking things through. And then yeah. they also converted, was it something in the garage into a, like a rehearsal space? So I got a message from a guy
2: who uh, like another old friend from like the kicks days. And I, when I was posting those stories and he was like, I heard that there's a building there where they rehearsed. And I was like, I don't know where it would be because it's like, I, you know, I'm in the house. I've gone through every single room in here. And then I'm like outside with Brett's dog and I look at the garage and I was like, Ah, <laughs> like that must be it. <laughs> so I like went back in the house, walked into the garage, and you go up the stairs, and it's like it's like bigger than like Sneaky Deezes. Like it's it's Holy a shit. huge room with like a full mixing board. Like and there's just like just on two stands are like two of Rob Baker's Strats, just like sitting on the stage of this room, like like seventies Strats, just sitting there. Uh, who knows? Like, I don't know if he goes and plays them often. I'm not sure. I, I was trying to limit how many things I would ask for us because I, because I'm sure that it gets a little annoying for him.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So you're going to, you'll get there one I, of these days. Definitely
1: one of these days when we were, we were, so my son went to school out in London and when we had picked him up, we didn't have much time to, uh, to kind of mosey around, but we had talked about, cause Kingston's what about a six hour drive from London?
2: Yeah, probably.
1: Or take? Yeah. so we we yeah. only had the day the day and we were gonna spend 12 of it driving up there but uh, no another go. time another, no, go. no go another yeah. time there was other family members that weren't quite as interested yeah. in seeing yeah. that stuff as we were yeah.
0: <laughs> just to stand outside for a few minutes <laughs> yeah um yeah. so what so okay so darling Cro we, we got to get back to this darling Congress yes, you put sorry. two songs out always on the edge your dog don't like you yeah what well what, I know there's more out there
2: yeah so there's a whole record um I'm doing a thing with Key and we're doing like kind of like a little acoustic thing with a couple covers that's gonna come out kind of in the uh in in between of the two things. But yeah, it should be out by the early summer. I'm oh. gonna
0: Yeah. So it's if official. I'm
2: not gonna Yeah, yeah, it's gonna come out. I mean it's done. Like I actually finished mixing the last three songs today. So we it would have come out a lot earlier, but then I wanted to make it an LP. It was only an E P. It was seven songs. Um, and so we did three in November, but Keegan got very sick, so we couldn't yeah, come. Yeah. And then, uh, we didn't get to be back in the same room until, uh, January. So finally finished them.
0: All right. Well, I already got my shirts, so
1: is am ready for the album. Is there any chance or talk where you could do double duty and Darling Congress opens for the Suns and you're playing in both or oh, God. <laughs> would, would you,
2: sounds like yeah, your days are
1: already pretty busy, but.
2: I mean, if there was like a show or two, I don't, I don't even like get into asking that kind of stuff because the thing is like jay manages a lot of bands you know like Brett's friends with a lot of bands i just i think that it's like it's a kind of a slippery slope with like would you mind doing me this favor like i'm to be honest if darling congress never played a show i would be perfectly fine with it because i really like playing in the suns and if the time comes that i can do it then that's great like we maybe will have a an opening in like the early fall then we'll do it then um, but like, as it stands, we're pretty much busy until like July. Right. So like, up until after the, the West coast stuff. So yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens.
0: That seems like there's, it would be a lot of work.
1: There's a lot of unfinished business out there.
0: There is. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Including, <laughs> including those I two know. back-to-back shows and Red Deer. God damn it. <laughs>
2: yeah. I know that, that tour name is so unfortunate considering how it keeps getting postponed. <laughs> What's the, what, what, what is it?
1: Well, it's it's it. unfinished business. Oh right, yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Truly,
2: and truly. I, and I keep posting it on Instagram, being like, "unfinished business part 2, The you know, like <laughs> still reckoning. unfinished. Wait, no, still unfinished.
0: Um. <laughs> okay, so there will be an album, which is very good. I, 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 and I think I've mentioned this to you before, briefly in the DMs, but like uh, the evolution of your sound from, you know, all the older projects through Teenage Kicks to Darling Congress. Um, is pretty remarkable to me because there, you can like, there are significant differences. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: yeah, a lot of people say that to me. I mean, I think of like when I first met the was when, you know, fucking up young first came out Yeah, and Luke doesn't sound that different now than he did then. Like he sounds like he sings, like he's a better singer now, but the essence of, of his voice has always been there. Yeah. And if you listen to like Brett's. Early stuff, the essence of Brett's voice has always been there. My voice has distinctly changed probably 10 times. <laughs> and I don't know why. I don't know how, but it just like, it keeps, you know, happening. I just like can't sing the stuff that I wrote before. And then I change the voice again.
0: We'll call it versatility.
2: But, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Except. Except if I ever had to go back and do one of the old things, then it wouldn't be really, really work too well.
0: Is that why on the Wikipedia, uh, the last line, the last sentence on the Teenage Kicks wiki is that uh, Peter said that they will never reunite?
2: No, the reason I did that was because I got so pissed off that like bands, I think that like breaking up is kind of a sacred, sacred thing. Yeah. And, and I think there's certain bands that I think they didn't get, their due. And so when they got back together, like Constantine's, like that band probably never made really much money at all when they were a band, even though they were mine and a lot of other people's favorite band. So when they got, you know, came back, I was like, I thought they did it tastefully. I, it would have been nice if they like had released um, more new music in, in the process, but that I was fine with. But there's other bands that I find that it like it's almost like a part of a business decision or something like that to reunite because for some reason like reunion culture the band would be so much bigger yeah. when they reunited than they were when they were around. And I I'm not quite sure why that is. So I just when I was done with something I wanted to be done with it. Jeff and I have talked about like if we ever did something with kicks we would actually write new music like I don't want to like just be like hey here's our like 10 greatest hits now give us a bunch of money yeah because the the thing is like when we were a band we were not very good at like making money all of our shows like our last show i think was ten dollars oh yeah i'm looking at it it was ten dollars yeah yeah. like so i just like i came out of that and you did too because you're from oakville but i came out of that like YMCA all ages like every show is five dollars like I still remember Rose is Dead when they did their final tour every show was five dollars and that stuff has always stuck with me it's not necessarily feasible now because it's like it's quite expensive to be in a band but I just like I don't like hosing people and I, I feel like if I could you know if Teenage Kicks would reunite and I didn't feel like I was hosing people like we're reuniting and here's 10 t-shirt designs yeah yeah like you know, like that when Refuse reunited, you know, a band that literally wrote like a manifesto <laughs> about like anti-capitalism and about how they would never reunite, and then they reunite and they're like ten t-shirt designs. It's <clears throat> I just think that those things are kind of like at odds with each other.
0: I always uh thought it was so interesting when Alexis on Fire broke up playing their you know, they broke up. They played their I saw I saw their last show in which was in Oakville. It was like on that last stretch of dates, they were doing a ton of Ontario concerts. I don't know if they must have been in the States before. They played Sheridan College. Uh, Mockingbird yeah. Wish Me Luck opened up. Like it was Sheridan College, whatever, 13, 14 years ago. And then they ended tour, and You didn't really hear from them for a while. And then they announced that they were breaking up. And then they went on these uh, farewell shows, which were at pretty sizable venues. And then mm-hmm. they were done. Then, like, a year and a half later, they're playing yeah. fucking O2 Arena.
2: Yeah, it wasn't too long. And also, if I was, like, uh, like people who had flown from South America to see the last show, and then all of a sudden you're like, sorry, like, yeah, I, I I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to talk shit. But no. those things are, are like, I, I want to know what the the justification is. Like, because it just doesn't seem like the logic is there, like, you know. Then go in like then just go on hiatus. Don't break up. But yeah, yeah. and,
1: and the, yeah, the fact of the matter <laughs> is, is I mean, it's incumbent on us as fans to go. Okay, yeah, right. It's your last show. But I do like like even with Colorado, like Colorado did their last show, and they were already joking within a couple of months after that about you know the reunion show on or Instagram get, or on, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, really? And, okay. And again, what yeah. whether they're just joking around or whatever. Yeah, but nothing's ever final.
0: But yeah, I just remember when they announced those reunion shows, and I was like, wait a second, you didn't play O2 Arena. <laughs> ever before <laughs> this is a fucking yeah. great strategy <laughs>
2: yeah well, but it, it honestly does seem like a strategy i'm not not specific to Alex on fire no 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 think, think about how much bigger deaths from above got after they broke up yeah you know like like significantly
0: yeah you're right you're
2: always right.
1: always leave oh. them wanting more
0: yeah i guess so then, i mean hey i'm not you know, I'm, like, I'm not gonna complain that those bands are still in our lives right but uh yeah
2: more music is always good
0: industry lessons um i also caught you doing a side door access concert i think that was in the summer right uh yeah may 16th feels like a long time ago holy shit may 16th jesus um the the day before my birthday oh right 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 and were you 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 weren't in this very room right now were you (laughs)
2: No, we were in the basement. We like did up where like my, my studio stuff is.
0: Um, you've done a couple of those now, or was it just that one and you had to cancel? I did,
2: I did two. I did like one at Christmas time, like during the first wave of, uh, COVID and then I did the base 16 one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which was a lot of fun. And we, we did have Dan Mangan on months and months ago and kind of talked to him about the importance of, Mm -hmm. um, a system like that really is what it is. Yeah. Um, do you have any plans to, to engage with side door or, uh, on that scale again?
2: I mean, uh, when I did the third show, I don't know if people were just like over the idea of live stream, but it was like a much harder task of getting people to like buy into the live stream. So I think the live stream thing is maybe, I think people might be a little over it at this point. You know, in fatigue. Time. Yeah. But I like the other aspect of. Uh, side doors business a lot like the like intimate shows in people's homes yes like, my brother and i are very big david uh bazan fans right and and he he did that for a long time where he would like set up those kind of like intimate shows and that was how he toured so i, I like that part i think that's cool there's a guy in london named lee who i did a show at his house um february 2018 or something like that but it, i think that's a really cool thing
0: yeah, absolutely. I think it's. We were just uh, talking about a guy in Red Deer that was doing that for for a long time, just hosting shows at his house for people interested in music that wasn't necessarily getting a whole lot of attention elsewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the concept of it is beautiful. Yep. Has to happen.
2: Yeah. No, Dan. Dan's a smart man. He's he's very bright. Uh, like that, he uh, thought of like making a platform for that. I think is awesome.
0: Yeah. Totally. Um. And then you know, going back a little bit, uh, that side door show was really funny at the very beginning because Keegan Powell mm-hmm. in the chat wrote something like "Hi, honey buns. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, Kayla and I are sitting on the couch and she saw that and she's like, Oh my God, does he know? And she doesn't know who this guy is. Yeah. Does he know that everyone could see that? He definitely knew because he's <laughs> fucking crazy. Right. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but it might have. It it might even have been Kelly, like his girlfriend. (laughs) I'm not sure. Yeah, no, Keegan knew.
0: Is he like what? What? What kind of guy? I've talked to him in the DMs a few times, and it's always been. It's just been hilarious. Like what's? Yeah, I don't
2: know. I think I get like a different side of Keegan. We've been friends for so long. Fair enough. Um, but no, he's brilliant. Like he's he's by far the the best guitar player I've ever met. Like he his creative mind is is incredible and he can like just pull harmonies out of the air like yeah i think i think he's maybe one of the greatest assets that anyone could have on their music just because he will always like i could listen to my record with no vocals on it and i would be like this is great yeah yeah. just because i I think that he is such a a moving guitar player he reminds me like of, of a george harrison you know type of guitar player where he doesn't necessarily play a lot of notes, but he plays, you know, he plays all the good ones. Um, Yeah, he's just like, he's very, very, very unique. I kind of am sad that like, we we never got to the point of like not liking each other because of the way that he left Teenage Kicks, but I'm sad that we kind of missed like a good chunk of time there in the middle where we kept in touch, but you know, it was always like, a little bit mad at him for the way that that went down. I think if he would have stayed in the band, we probably would have continued. Mm-hmm. And so in my my older age and going and looking back on, you know, how I acted about certain things when I was younger, that's one of my biggest regrets just because I, I value him so much as like, you know, kind of almost like a little brother.
0: That wild card song is, is so good. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. There's something he does. Did you, did you work on that at all or?
2: No, not wild card. Yeah. There's a new new one that he did with Snell that hasn't been released that I helped with. But I'm generally speaking, I like give like a bit of advice, but I'm kind of out of the room on that stuff.
0: He did steal your bike in the music video for your dog don't like you, right? He did yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Because
2: that the girl who directed that is his girlfriend. Okay, that's, that's Kelly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, check that out. Please, God, listen to uh, listen to those two singles from Darling Congress. If you're listening to this interview, yes, and more to come. Thank you. Yes, yes, someday, someday soon. But it's it's it is really cool to hear. It feels like you're you're just in a really uh, sounds like your perspective is is very good right now.
2: It's definitely different, you know. I mean, I spent most of my adult life thinking everyone's out to get me, and you know, I mean, like not. Not to take it somewhere different, but you know i I got on medication after like five years of people telling me I needed to get my shit figured out, so I think that probably helped. you know <laughs> like some people are addicted to drugs or alcohol. I was addicted to being depressed. Well, like, I just like felt like I couldn't live without it.
0: Well, congrats, and that is a very positive endorsement, I think.
2: Yeah, I can't at remember... At least talk to, talk to someone. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's all I'll say.
1: The, uh, the, the quote, there was one quote I read from you, and I can't remember where exactly it was from, but you talked about how life doesn't end at
2: 30. Yeah, I mean, I literally felt like I was, like, fighting the clock with teenage kicks. Like, if I don't do this by 27, right. then it's not going to happen. And like I said, I'm 37, and I'm closer to playing music as a career than I've ever been, mm. you know? And, and, and I didn't... Um, I I went after it in a way before where I, you know, I had, I still have the same work ethic now, if not maybe a little bit more, but I did. I'm trying to find a different word than thirsty, but like, I was like so like so hungry for it in a way that was like, I think off putting to people just because like people don't always want you to tell them how badly you want something. Right. Uh, And so you just like kind of just shut my mouth and put my head down and, You know, I mean, I, I learned Gloria Sun songs a month before Brett asked me to play with the band, like in the summer before those shows in Sarnia and Timmins. And I didn't know if I was going to get asked. I just didn't. I was like, all right, I'm just going to learn them because I like his songs and I like playing bass, you know, and I've been trying to do that in general with my life. of like, what do I like to do just because I like to do it, you know? And like I said, as, as I get older, i've just made more of a point of like what can i do to be good to other people what can i do to um be kind be helpful like that's like really my only concern i've realized that that's like what wealth is to me in life is like making sure that you know the people around me are like decently happy with their interactions with me you know i I can't remember the last time i fought with jeff and we used to fight all the time
0: that's really good to hear that's awesome Yeah, he was asking. He's like, "Was there, is Jeff, Jeff still play well, music?" I was like, "I have no idea, no idea." And because yeah, I know Jeff, you, you Jeff talked, does play music. you awesome. talked
1: about the song kind of starting it off as as yeah. you know, kind of being about your brother, and then it became other things. Yeah. So just as yeah, as I listen to the lyrics of that, I'm like, "Okay, are they, they have
2: both offenses. both of those songs are like about mine and Jeff's relationship being in like a bad place?" Yeah, and it and it was in a pretty bad place until probably a year ago. Wow, like, dude like at least a point where like we were still talking, but I've seen what what's happened to my mom and her family. And like, I, I don't ever want to be at a point where people are fighting about money or like, you know, petty things that don't matter in the end. Right. So it's like, I have no time for that stuff.
1: I got to ask, is it a Dutch thing? Cause that's, I'm, we're both Peter and we're both Dutch. Uh, and same uh, exact same thing with my 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 Opa used to always say uh, when I'm dead and gone you guys can fight over all of it and sure as hell they did <laughs>
2: yeah no my mom is uh, my mom's Italian my dad's family who are Dutch they're awesome they all, okay. they all get along like really well um, yeah my alma was just like an absolute like wonderful person she passed away last December like during during COVID or whatever um, but everyone was like super close up until she died no one ever fought over anything so yeah i've tried to model it over more so that that side of the family yeah
1: and what is so was your dad born in holland or what uh, no okay no so no no all
2: right no Oma was Oma and Opa were, and she she's told me stories about like you know the the nazi occupation and stuff like that but they all lived out in the country and so they never really saw much of it she basically her her remembrance of the war was like getting lent out to the other farms like because their parents oh. had so many kids right and then she'd go do work at the other farms and then her and my opa came here i think in the in the early 50s or something like that and they had a, a farm with holsteins in uh Shelbur. and that's where my dad grew up on the farm
0: holsteins yeah, being is that cattle yeah oh, okay uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah 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 like yeah. uh I think
1: milk cows. Yeah, yeah. There's like, if you, in central Alberta here, there's a bunch of Dutch uh, families in that. But my grandparents, the exact same story came over in 1953, I want to say. And same thing, my grandpa or my opa drove truck for a couple of years, but they settled on a farm in central Alberta and spent the rest of their days farming.
0: So you're telling me you ain't much if you ain't Dutch wasn't a predator reference? (laughs) No, no. no. No, It it means
1: you ain't much if you ain't Dutch. even, Even
0: rocking the orange?
1: I, it, yeah. I like the yeah. orange in there. It's fun. I, I did see your post about your OMA and it is, I like, I always get excited when somebody says they have an OMA open. I'm like, Oh, yeah.
2: all right. I can relate. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, are you, are you in a long line of Pete's? Cause I'm, it's like my uncle Pete and then my OPA was Pete as well. <laughs> are you as well?
1: Yeah. So my, uh, my OPA's name on my dad's side was, his name was actually Ari, but his nickname was Pete. Okay. Uh, and then my dad's name was, was Peter. And then, oh, okay. so I kind of was the third Peter and I had said like, I'm ending the, the, so I don't have a He didn't know that
0: both of his son's names are Peter. <laughs>
1: yeah, no. Both of them. So we That's got, the, and what ruined it for me <laughs> as well, and I shouldn't bring this up because I'm sure it'll come back to haunt me at some Uh-oh. point, but with my opa being Pete, my dad Peter. So it was Pete, Peter, and I was repeat and That's I fun. hated <laughs> it. I
2: like that. So I ended, you, you... I ended it. I ended it. Is your dad's name actually Pete? Because my dad my dad's name is Rick, but his real name is Henricus. Oh, okay. And yeah, Whoa. my dad's real name was like Henricus Dominicus Josephus van Helper, and he just absolutely hated it.
1: So, I've got my uncle who we is is John. Sorry, we're going to dip into a completely different territory it's all good. now, but I love his <laughs> name cuz he went by John, but his name was Johannes Johannes.
2: Okay, yeah, yeah.
0: Johannes Yohobus. Jo-
1: yeah, but you got
2: to get the hach
0: in there. Well, I'm not going to attempt it <laughs> because <laughs> you Johannes did it Jehovah's. so perfectly.
2: <laughs> yeah. My dad's never even been to Holland. Isn't that crazy? Is that right? Have you? Did you get? I went once. I went with the sons. I was just going like, to say. Okay, I wondered so, yeah. if you. would yeah, That's if you'd so cool. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but my dad's never been.
0: Did you feel anything special when you were there? Did you... We don't have like.
2: It, honestly, we don't have a whole lot of like ancestral pull to either the Italian or the Dutch side, because neither family really did much in terms of tradition. I don't even know what like Dutch food is. I like, Oh, the only thing I ever knew is like wooden shoes, wooden head or whatever, <laughs> like that saying. Yeah. Um, and then the, that the fact that Dutch people are apparently cheap, but we just never had any sort of connection. Marta, my wife is actually born in Italy in like a refugee camp. Um, so she has more of a desire to go to Italy than I do. So I just like being in Europe in general, and we were there during the uh, the Christmas season. So I was going to all the the Christmas markets. So that was kind of my my highlight. <laughs>
0: we should probably bring that up very quickly. Uh, if you yes. are a fan of Christmas, you're a fan of Christmas. <laughs> are, do you have you seen this? Uh, I have seen. Yes. Uh, then you must follow. Pierre Van Helvert cuz uh you fucking go Who, all out who's a my bigger guy.
1: fan you or Mick Foley do you are you aware of Mick Foley's I didn't know that Mick Foley Mick, likes Mick Foley is a huge Christmas nut
0: dude you yeah, love, you've I got like Mick Foley you got one hell of a collection and it, like I can't imagine it takes uh you know it's it's not an easy setup what you do every christmas
2: so i this is you're going to think this is insane but i just started that village last year holy And this year was the first year that it was that big. So it took me like eight hours to take down, but I was building it like in some degree, like putting the cars together and all that stuff for like six months. I've been doing it since June, um, like up until Christmas. And then the thing is that by the time it's up, I'm so sick of it. (laughs) (laughs) Like we just like, we stared at it for three weeks after Christmas and I was finally like, all right, we have to get rid of this thing. Did you
0: you go to that store? There's a store in Banff with like, yeah Yeah, with that uh like is it a limited like they do limited edition like christmas uh village yeah set pieces and the whole like
1: it's an upstairs oh it's packed it's It's
0: loaded every brand every fucking cartoon there's versions of it there's probably harry Potter. have you been i've been i've I've been on their website oh okay (laughs) yeah
2: i haven't been to banff since we were there with um the sun so like i haven't been in banff for 10 years or something like that.
0: How about, how about we do, how about we do that next time when you've got a few hours to kill in the Banferry we'll, we'll film you going through this fucking, (laughs) it'll be a magical place, magical place.
2: I did make Jordan and his, his wife, Al, when we were in BC, there's a place that's not too far. I think it's in Abbotsford and we did make them take us. It was like the first day that they switched from garden center (laughs) to, to Christmas. (laughs) It was like literally like me, Jordan, Jordan's like new son, my wife and like 200, like 80 year olds. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Do you remember? Did you ever go to that like Santa's Village theme park or whatever? I've
2: never. You know, I, I'm not even like that. I'm, I'm like, it's weird. I don't even know that I'm even that into Christmas, but I got like, <laughs> I got so obsessed with the building the village. It was just like, that was the COVID thing that I started doing. Yeah. I literally, my next door neighbor has like a small village of maybe five buildings. And I went over there two years ago and made fun of him for it. I said, I was like, this is so stupid. Why would you waste your time with this? And then we went into Michael's last Christmas and there was like this one building and we're like, we'll get one. And then all of a sudden I'm like four o'clock in the morning, I'm like on like eBay, like (laughs) buying stuff, like paying exorbitant amounts of money to like get things across the border in time for Christmas. Like, it was just like, it was. A big time obsession but like it was the christmas song is because marta likes christmas so much and that was just like that was her stocking stuffer for like 12 years oh. so yeah oh. so people are people think that i'm like like obsessed and i i like it a lot but like it's really it's it's more so because of Marta. it's
0: a gift it's your gift
2: it's a gift yeah
0: Interesting. That that makes a lot of sense. I'm still gonna say to follow you if you're a big fan of Christmas uh, (laughs) because you definitely pull out all the stops. Um, Pete, you got anything repeat?
1: No, I knew it.
0: No, I got nothing. Dogs? Not.
1: Oh, we. Yeah, we're fine. We'll save that for another chat. I I love your dog. I was gonna talk a little bit about uh, Gracie. Uh, She's a good girl. She's a good girl. Obviously, did very well in the video. So you got you've got her trained fairly well.
2: Yeah. I, have spent a lot of time with her when she was a puppy. And the only thing I could do that would like settle her down was, was tricks. So she knows like 55 or 60 different commands. Oh, wow. So yeah, she's like very well-trained. She's also has like a, a very good disposition, doesn't like children, which is a bit of a problem, but right. she, uh, with adults, like she's just so chill. She's half whippet, So she just like kind of just like lies around all day and she loves like working like if we have like for instance marta gave me a valentine's day card today and you give it to the dog and she brings it over to you but (laughs) then she wants she wants to take it back she wants to bring it back and she just wants to go back and forth giving it to each person (laughs) she just like just like goes crazy for it
0: that's you, awesome. you 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 got to do that at home. <laughs>
2: yeah, right.
0: Get Buster to no, deliver no, Valentine's Day he'll cards. It'll be eaten. <laughs> okay, yeah, fair he's enough. He's not delivering.
1: Uh, yeah, it's yeah. and obviously gets along with uh, Shambles real well. That's my favorite part of 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 watching even Brett's content too is just seeing shots of Shambles yeah. and and Gracie. Yeah, yeah.
2: Like um, she's like gets a little bit annoyed with him now, and so and I'm going back up there for I think a week and a half to work on some tunes um, with Brett and. I'm going to bring grace with me so that's going to be the longest time that they've ever like been together for but shambles is like the sweetest dog you'll ever meet like he has truly the greatest disposition of it probably any dog i've i've ever uh, been around he's just like a very very sweet 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 dog yeah he's he's unreal awesome
0: maybe one day they'll, they'll join them on tour
2: well be... i i believe that shambles is going to be coming on tour with us. i kind of so, figured that would probably be the case
0: well one of these days although it will not be on this stretch of updated I know, dates, I'm sorry. but i'm sorry <laughs> one of these days we will days. see you in red deer um and we'll get you here at communal creative studios
2: yeah how far are you guys from calgary
0: uh an hour and a half we're like red deer's right uh, halfway between calgary and edmonton
2: yeah are you guys gonna come to calgary show?
0: uh i didn't I, think about that I was
1: probably my son's in edmonton so i probably go how to many edmonton days show? are you
0: in calgary is it just one night or
1: let me look
0: <laughs> i think yeah. it's is that at yeah. mac hall yeah. uh yeah yeah i think, so. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. so um you know what probably
2: yeah, yeah. i'll be if we get to see
0: you calgary. then absolutely yeah. why not
2: uh we are in calgary so it's june 24th and then we looks like we have a day off before vernon bc
0: interesting interesting all right well we'll, we will be in touch
2: okay all right let me know
0: (laughs) um yeah man well uh thanks so much for making the time and uh of course thank you for having me thank you for making music again
2: thank you for listening to it Uh, it's much appreciated
0: all right man it was good talking to you
2: beautiful okay bye guys peace see ya bye
0: all right
2: all right thank you boys
0: peace man happy valentine's day with marta thanks for hanging out
2: No worries. Okay.
1: Bye. Bye. See ya. I swear to all that is holy, if I get... (laughs) Am I not (laughs) allowed to say that? If
0: there's repeat stuff coming, I will... I mean, it it. only made sense Uh, today because there were two Pete's in the conversation. Right. So, until the next time. So, (laughs) we got to start brainstorming Peter named musicians that we can have on the road, the stage, so we can use that all the time. Good luck. Um... That was uh, a really fun, such time. a fun guy,
1: and I hope, like I said off the top, go and investigate.
0: Oh yeah, there's a lot of imve- investigating. All to do. the music
1: that that Peter's put up, and
0: truly, uh, in my opinion, um, just the sonic evolution from project to project to project. Yep. Because is... it's
1: funny, you listen to the Congress stuff, and I like "Teenage Kicks" and "Darling Congress" is what I'm most familiar with. Yeah, yeah. But it's uh, they're different. Yeah. But there's you, there's still that underlying foundation that you can tell is
0: yeah, yeah, totally is all Peter. Totally. Um, so go check that stuff out. Darling Congress has two songs out now. Always on the edge. Your dog don't like you. More to come soon. So your first radio interview mm. was an hour and a half long. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Hour fifteen something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Crazy. And uh, that really didn't <laughs> well, stop. Like, really? well, when I was well, doing interviews on the test drive hours, show, because, they were I still like yeah, forty-five hour yeah. long, and I would chop them down to like you know three, two or three minute and a half breaks. That's
1: the worst. You talk for all that time, and then you got to
0: chop it. All that good, all those nuggets of crazy information that you get in an hour, hour and a half with a musician. Just that tell me about the new music and the new
1: album and the yeah. new tour and get the hell out of Dodge.
0: Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah I, I for for one, very grateful that Pete is making music again. So
1: can we find somewhere this California story? I was going to ask about that.
0: You can't. Basically, um, Teenage Kicks had uh, an opportunity to go to California to record with a pretty famous producer. And uh, that producer made many promises. Um, One of those promises involved meeting and having a very, very big, the biggest, some might say, rock star in the world right now come see their show at South By. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, that didn't happen and then recording in California commenced and um, I think it was over a couple weeks things were a little rocky at the studio or at the house studio or whatever it was and uh, when as I remember it and I haven't gone back and re-listened to this interview but when Pete had the files to send off for mastering was informed by the person on the other end this is all unusable and had to completely redo the record on his own. Oh, my God. And this guy was just a waste of space, I guess. So all that money, all that, It's a long way to the top. Which would just crush you.
1: Oh, 100%. Right. And this is, and what era is this? This is, like,
0: 2011? When did that eat? 12 or 13, I okay. think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways. Heartbreak. Crazy story, crazy story. <laughs> but I remember finishing that interview and being like, wow, that was wild don't know if, if i can post that like because <laughs> he's an he's a very honest guy very yeah. honest guy yep and uh, um one of the things i love the most about
1: this chat too is just the the uh, just a good feeling of community yeah right yeah, again yeah. of just uh, the collaboration process in yeah. the darling congress songs and it you know kind of sounds like through a few other things as well and and uh that's mm-hmm. what you'd love to see
0: well check it out there's many teenage kicks kane and able ulysses and the siren m M-M code uh darling congress even his own solo album Guy right. yeah. The yeah. guy doesn't stop. The uh, guy doesn't stop. Who do we have with us today? Big thanks to Ghost Services, Inc. Shout out. And Bose Bar and Stage. Best place on
1: earth. And we've got some pretty cool dudes hanging out in another room over there.
0: Ryan and Riley, producers extraordinaire, which uh, I believe you'll be learning a bit more about one of our producers in the next e- uh, week or so. I'm pretty excited about that. When might that be? Next week. On uh, Next Sunday. week, eh? What day is that? Wednesday? Wednesday? Wednesday?
1: The Road to the Stage is produced by Ryan Cooley and Riley Sur-Yin at the Communal Creative Studios in Red Deer, Alberta. In partnership with Go Services Inc., Sawback Brewing Co., Tourism Red Deer, and Bose Bar & Stage.